Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to another edition of Radio Islam. I'm your host, Tariq Alameen. All right, Radio Islam family, we've got news for you. This is a pre-recorded program, but we'd still like to hear what you think. So if you have questions or comments, feel free to inbox us on Facebook uh, at Radio Islam USA. As you know, we are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM. And we are streaming live at www.wcv1450.com. Um, take time to visit us at radioislam.com. There you can see guest bios, pictures, and also get the podcast links of our previous shows. Uh, last thing, take a moment and like and follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Radio Islam USA. So the conversation you are about to hear is with New York-based singer and songwriter, Drea Denour. Uh, I had the pleasure of seeing her perform recently at Iman's, inner, that is uh, Inner City Muslim Action Network, uh, their annual fundraising dinner uh, over the past weekend. And folks, I'm telling you, I was, I was literally blown away. So, uh, but before we get into that conversation, let me tell you a little bit about her. So singer and songwriter, Drea Denor has been making an impact as an independent artist for 10 years. Prior to her 2013 Germany recorded album, Day of Denor, she had collaborated with industry producers and performed on a major network. She's worked with Grammy-winning producer and writer Greg Curtis, who wrote and produced Love and I Remember for Keisha Cole, for you R&B fans. Uh, she also did a special Marvin Gaye cover on ABC World News Now, which was nationally aired in America. Uh, OKPlayer.com debuted two of her original music videos, Cry for Change, which is an ode to victims of senseless violence, and Break Me Down, a passionate portrayal of the spirit of resilience of oppressed people highlighted with dance. Drea Denua's work has reached national and international acclaim with localized work to highlight the rich history of Black Music and Art in Buffalo. Uh, that's New York. Uh, this 2017 Spark Awards Artist of the Year has performed overseas. She's released two independent music projects, produced two short films about Nina Simone, directed a music video, produced two stage productions, and has album credits on the new Gorillaz album, Humans. She is currently creating new music and preparing to launch an exciting new creative community arts initiative all while raising five gifted children. Uh, and speaking of those gifted children, you may hear, you probably will hear, one of them uh, who was actually with her in studio uh, during our conversation, uh, Siraj, who is uh, quite the intelligent little fellow. Um, now, you can also follow her work at www.spiritofnina.com to learn more about her original visual and musical uh, endeavors. Assalamu alaikum, Drea. Like my salam, brother Tariq. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I, I appreciate you taking the time to come in and, and join us uh, and let the Radio Slam family hear a little bit more about you. Uh, I had the benefit, along with some of the other folks uh, here in the office, of of seeing your performance Saturday night at Man's um, annual fundraising dinner, mm -hmm. and it was just it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. Thank you. So, um, first, I want to go into uh, so what we saw Saturday night was that was the 
Spirit of Nina. Was that the same thing, same group, or no? Was- every it was just a collaboration between you know four different artists and the band. Uh-huh. So we actually uh-huh. hadn't rehearsed that prior to the day before the show. Really, and we're all from different parts of of the country, but we just came together to fulfill uh, Brother Rami's beautiful vision of bringing that that chant. Uh, we are the children of the people who could fly to life. So yes, yeah. Yes. Okay. That that was beautiful, mm-hmm. and that's the wonderful thing about performances that um, the audience, you know, we're none the wiser. You know, it, right. it looked like it was something <laughs> that you all are going around the country, around the Everybody world. Everybody kept with. telling me that, like, y'all yeah. do this all the time. I'm like, no. Yeah. It's our first time. <laughs> so tell us, tell us a little bit about the the spirit of Nina, spirit mm-hmm. of Nina Simone. Yes, Nina Simone. You know, as we know, is a, a legendary artist. You know, most people categorize her as a jazz singer although she hated that um you know she would prefer to to be known as a folk artist because of how they told stories but um Nina Simone truly was so instrumental in the civil rights um movement and she was so passionate about it in fact that she um when she started doing her protest songs you know it changed the trajectory of her entire career and she sacrificed a lot in order to speak out for social uh, change. So my my vision with Spirit of Nina is to uh, pay homage to her musically and visually. And really it's a it's a beautiful infusion of, of the arts. So you'll see, um, you know, singers, you'll see dancers, you'll see theater elements, you'll see um, strings, you'll see a full band, you'll see a visual happening, and we have a live painter. So I have this... Um, this moving show of, with a cast of about 25 people and um, I also produced a film called Spirit of Nina and yes. it really just tells of how I discovered uh, Nina Simone and you know how I came to came about to do this project and then um, we have an art exhibition as well so <laughs> is, and now is the, is the art exhibition is it stationary or is it it is stationary, but my okay. vision is I really created it like a community arts initiative. So it's not supposed to be like the exact same show every time, but I have certain elements of the show that will re, um, you know, I would reach out to the local community wherever it travels, and I will use somebody from that city to play a certain part in the in the play. So my goal is to collaborate with local um, black theaters and local. Um, actors and actresses and, and artists and for this to just to be a moving project to where they can see themselves on stage. You know, we also have a portion in the show where we have children from the Performing Arts School and they actually sing Young, Gifted and Black. So really? um, it's very important to me not to tell children what to do and what they can be, but rather to uh, create a platform for which they can actually be on stage and, you know, declare it themselves. Okay, uh, and, and speaking and speaking of the children, um, Drea's you can't of course you can't see any of us, but <laughs> <laughs> her talented son Suraj is in studio with us, and yes. he, he uh, looks like uh, he is an artist himself. He is so. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, how did you come to how did you come to uh, discover uh, Nina Simone? So I actually I knew about her song "Strange Fruit." Um, I always preferred her version over Billie Holiday. And I knew, I've heard Cinnamon in a couple movies, but I didn't know too much about Nina. Um, 
But about a year and a half ago, maybe a little longer, probably two years ago, it was really 2014 when I first got the vision. So three years, I got this vision to um, do this show. And it was really a vision of a billboard. And the billboard said, um, Client Hunt's Music Hall, which is a Buffalo, very large music hall in Buffalo. Client Hunt's Music Hall presents a tribute to Nina Simone by Drea Denor. And I had no... I thought I was dreaming for sure because the venue is like a union-based music hall. They don't really um, have too many local artists and you don't see too many local black acts there like really ever, you know, unless you rent the hall. But to, you know, to to put on your own show could easily get up to $10,000. So I just knew that I was dreaming and I let it go. And then um, it was about a year and a half ago when I, I felt the urge to move forward. And I really have just been following this vision ever since. Like, I don't I don't know how it was going to develop. I had no um, plans to do a film. I had no plans to do an art exhibit. Um, I created a photo series called I Am Nina. I had no, I had never even touched a camera before. So it's just, like, once oh. I took the first step, it just grew rings. <laughs> you had not picked up a camera before no. this inspiration came to you? Nope. I mean, not besides my my cell phone, <laughs> but no, no. But you know, with each step I, I took, you know, I decided to do this, and I and I, the vision came to me so clearly. So I, I wrote it down in the notes section in my phone. I had never changed it, and then um, with time, uh, more clarity came to the vision. And be, I had never done um, theater production at all. I'm just a singer, and I do like concerts. So I put on concerts and different events, but not. A theater production that's like an entirely new world which I have great respect for directors playwrights um, lighting directors stage managers I have great great respect for the sound people um, this just things I had never even thought about yeah. before but this really is a theater production and I, I just had to step out and everything just kind of unfolded you know now how did you how did you go about identifying these different components, these different parts of uh, what you wanted integrated into your vision? How mm-hmm. did you find those people? Well, what I did was I completely immersed myself in everything Nina once I made the decision to move forward. So, I mean, we're talking about three hours a day just dedicated to studying articles, reading books, um, listening to her music, watching live performances, um, reading other people's commentaries of her music and performance and really studying her. So in doing so, I decided that I would um, put out just an ad. I really just use Facebook. You know, I'm looking for this. And then because I am in the music arts world, I kind of knew who I wanted to play, like what role. So I just really went to you know people and I just said, I want you to do this portion or I want you to do. But um, there's a, a portion in the the production where we actually have a little girl reenacting her first, um, that famous interview where they moved her parents to the back and she said, I refuse to play until you move them back to the front. So we actually recreate that scene and I wanted to have a little black girl who was poised, who actually knew how to play classical piano like Nina. So that was very important to me, but I did not know where that girl was. So I reached out to um, the music director of a performing arts high school and she had some students and this girl, um, she said she had somebody in mind who was about the same age as Nina, and she's a 
just chocolate brown, beautiful little girl who, you know, sits up and she's playing um, a box song, and it's, it's just wonderful. So I had some people help me for certain parts, but most of it I kind of knew who I wanted to play. So how long have you said that... Um, you said that you, because being in the uh, be, being an artist mm-hmm. uh, in the industry, you know that you obviously you have uh, networks and con- you know people that you know. And um, how long have you been in the industry? Mm. That's a funny, uh, that's a tricky question because I don't, <laughs> I don't like that term. Like, see, there's the music business and then there's the music industry, and so I'm always just like, which how, one am I? In, which one am I a part of? But how, how do you see each? Yeah. One? Well, the. The business of doing music really, I think it requires a different level of spiritual sacrifice that Mm. I'm not really, um, well, that's probably the industry. The industry requires a different level of spiritual sacrifice I'm not interested in. And then there's the music business. So you have to, just like any other business, there's paradigms, there's certain things that you have to follow, you know, um, so... I I know a lot about the music business, like things you should do. And as the business has progressed with, you know, technological advances, you don't have to do things like you once had to do them. So, um, anyways, I don't want to get too deep into that. But so I've been doing music. Let's let's just answer that. Okay. Answer that way. I've been yeah. doing music since I was uh, 14 years old. Um, but professionally, I've been doing music um, full time since 2012. Okay. I've been singing and like you know I would do like little clubs here and there for like ten years, but right. full time like no other job since 2012. You know, even as I asked that question, I thought about it. There's there's almost a, a tinge of ridiculousness to it mm-hmm. uh, for any <laughs> artist because that is you know that is really a part of who you are. Yeah. So you've been doing it probably as long as you can remember. You've been singing. Yeah. And, you know, being creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm glad that you, you stopped and you made yeah. a distinction between the two. Yeah, I don't mean to be um, long-winded, but it's like it's uh, hard this, to just this, answer, you know, certain questions. Uh, no, that's that's great. Yeah. Uh, and this is this is the perfect forum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm going to jump back and ask, because you mentioned about the sacrifice that Nina was willing to make. And um, Nina Simone, and I've always, uh, you know, I, I've loved her music since I was a, a child. And... When you mentioned that sacrifice, I immediately thought about, you know, the Mississippi song. So uh, that song. <laughs> oh, he knows it. Okay. Yeah. So that song, to me, was such a, a stance. Um, it represented a, a kind of integrity and an investment uh, in the politics of, 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 of justice. Mm-hmm. You know, that is, well, it's pretty much missing. Um, I feel in, in music on the... Or I guess from artists on a larger scale, on the mainstream, yeah, yeah, and in, in the main, yeah, and that's probably another word I don't like either. Yeah, I don't like mainstream. I know, <laughs> but but see, here's the thing with the term underground, right? It, it tends to have this kind of this connotation that uh, it's small and uh, people don't know about it. People can't really access it. Right. But when you think about underground, like I think about underground railroad. Right. With Harriet Tubman, like if there was no Underground Railroad, then perhaps uh, people would still be picking cotton on fields and, you know, being hanged. I mean, we know there's issues of slavery and injustices all over the world, but I mean, in terms of the way it was being done at that level, at that time, 
without the underground railroad perhaps there would be more of black people on physical plantations down south you know and or, or dead you know that that would not um really fight for something more like everybody knew about the underground railroad they just couldn't find it and so that's how i i, I see the underground music you know what i mean like we here, like, and y'all know we here. Right. You know what I mean? You may not want to play us on the radio, but we are very much here. Like, there's underground or non-mainstream artists who are touring all over the world, you know, who are selling out on iTunes and selling their own music on their own, you know, websites. But the underground the underground movement is very much alive and well. So, but going back to your, your uh, reference to Mississippi, um, see, Nina, I don't even know that she sat in... I don't even know that she sat and, like, uh, planned it out. Like, you know, I'm going to write this song because I want this song to represent this or this group of people, and I wanted to make this type of statement. I believe that she was just angry and she was fed up, you know. Uh, first, with the bombing of the four little girls in Alabama, and then right after that you had the murder, the brutal murder of NAACP Secretary Medgar Evans right in his driveway. So this is in, in Mississippi. So Mississippi, we know, is like, it, it represents like the heart of Jim Crow. You know what I mean? Right. So to go there and sing that song live at a protest in Mississippi yeah. where she could have been hanged just for singing that, mm-hmm. to me, represents like a fire. of And, 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 and that fire was more than just um, she was angry at what was happening at that time. It was to me like a fire of our of our people. Like that was a fire of our ancestors saying, like, yo, we gotta like this is not gonna happen, and um, no, and, and 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 you know it's not gonna go unaddressed. We're gonna say something about it. We're gonna march against it. We're gonna protest against it. And Nina said, I have to sing about it to the point where, uh, you know, her her managers, her producers her label they're like we can't play this on the radio like what are you doing nina like you're she was it was really at the height of her career she just done my baby just cares for me it was you know on a number one radio stations all over the world Mm -hmm. and now you want to do now you want to address this which you're not supposed to talk about that and then you got to think about you're black and you're addressing that then you got to think about being a black woman at that time like we still deal with that where people don't want to hear from women Mm -hmm. at all and nina did not care Nina got on the bullhorn and she spoke up for all of us. And that was a boldness and that was a a fire that was representative of the people who were in her circle. Like, she lived right by, right across the street, right next door to Malcolm X. You know, her daughter recalls being in the house um, and, you know, the type of people who would come over her house is Malcolm X, you know, James Baldwin, Lorraine Hansberry. Can you imagine? Like, these type of people are hanging out in your living room. You know what I mean? But that was the era, and those were the, those were the artists of that time that knew that they had a responsibility to not just express themselves, but to, to stamp, put a stamp in, in, in history and in time that, you know, we're here and we're not here for this. Right, right. So how has that, that impacted uh, you as an artist? And... Um, what does what does that mean for your own your own direction and the way you use your platform? Well, Nina, I tell everyone, Nina has changed my life. I thought that I was just doing 
um, you know, just singing songs, Dre Denora songs to express myself. I would do a cover, Bob Marley, um, Lauryn Hill, here and there. But it was, and I still have this passion to um, create healing songs, you know, and to help our people heal because we have work to do and it's hard to work when you're sick and when you're in, in, in your sickness is going unaddressed. So that is still very much my passion. However, I wasn't as clear and as driven um, until I started doing Spirit of Nina because Nina Simone taught me that truth uh, requires sacrifice, you know? Um, and once you know the truth, and you have this conviction in your heart, then you have now a responsibility to share that truth, you know? And now I'm just very much more concerned about uh, doing work in the community and really serving people intentionally. Before it's like, oh, this song was really for me, it's helping me. But now it's like, I know that this can help you too and I can, I wanna create this for you. You know, I have my community in mind, I have people in mind who may not be able to pay 30 to $50 uh, her ticket. So, you know, I'm thinking about how can I get them here? How can I bring this to them? You know, how can I get the children involved? And Nina has really given me a greater sense of legacy. You know, I got to leave something for my children. You know, I can't just, I, I if I leave a couple of CDs for them, like, okay, that's great, but who cares about a CD? You know what I mean? They need to understand that they have gifts, that they were created by a lot to do things that are great and that they are here to affect the the world around them and that they can use their voices right now as children and use their gifts as they grow up to to leave a legacy. So that's really how it's changed my, my life. I'm not concerned about getting a record deal. A lot has opened up so many doors for me. Like it just opportunities literally come to me and the fact that I'm able to sustain um you know my life and and my children's lives with only music and only my gifts is really truly a testament to to this work and how passionate I am about it you know Mm, absolutely absolutely um so you've had a chance to uh you've traveled um uh, internationally acclaimed uh artist uh I I, I went a couple places (laughs) (laughs) well with this idea of healing uh, and, and the diaspora, we talk about, you know, as, as uh, African um, people have spread around the world and encountered uh, quite often the same, the same obstacles wherever they have been. Yeah. Uh, what has been, um, how, how has your travel, how has that impacted the way you see, uh, the way you see this idea of, of, of healing on a, on a large scale? Hmm. It's, that's such a beautiful question because, um, I, like, again, I have not been, like, too many places. I, I went to Germany. I went to um, Belgium. And I went to Holland. But I haven't been, like, too many other places. But what I noticed is that wherever there is black people, mm-hmm. there, there is, like, this experience. Like, there's this story of struggle. There's a story of, you know, um, displacement. There's a story of, a, there's a journey of rediscovery. And it's really interesting to uh, see how different people have had to learn how to adapt and how, to, how, how they have had to learn how to survive 
um, despite where they were. You know, when I went to um, when I went to Europe, I noticed that most of the black people that I knew that I had encountered, their their one of their parents, usually their mother, was European, white, and their father was like African, straight from Africa, and they had come over there uh, during the war or come over there because of the war and that was their story like it was i know almost every person that i had talked to was like mixed with something else that was their story so that was interesting because they were trying to to see how they fit in and um it's like you're black but not black enough Mm, you know you're you're you're, but then your mother is european so then you're like but i'm not white enough you know what i mean and that's that's interesting and then but particularly with um the 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 place I traveled to that stuck with me the most is Brussels. Brussels mm. because um Brussels really was built by the blood of the Congolese people. You know, and King Leopold is just horrible. Like yeah. I can't even find a word to describe yeah. him really um that that can really attribute my level of disgust and and just disdain for how he treated people Mm -hmm. over rubber and over power and and over control and then you look at his story with his parents and 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 then just the psychology of whatever i i can't even wrap my mind i would never understand that but to me a congolese person in brussels is so interesting because they they are so loving like i met this congolese woman named Gia and I had just and I don't even know how she knew who I was she heard my music from uh, that I did in Germany so she was happy that I was there this woman gave me the keys to her house and just let me stay there like the day that I met her she was like oh don't worry about a hotel please let me take care of you just the hospitality the 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 love the the kindness you know they cooked for you and they heard I was in town so they created this whole show for me to do in 24 hours and promoted it got people there and i'm just talking about just the love of the african people you know what i mean despite that struggle like that's the thing that i would choose to highlight more than the struggle it's like our people have such a beautiful resilience and that is something that you will find no matter where you go i've heard india i remake reference to it in uh, Brazil, she met a little boy who was literally living in a hut that he built with his hands. Mm-hmm. And he was super duper happy, happy to share his little coconut with her and just happy to have something to offer her. And I'm just talking about that level of resilience and, and how we can still find a way to maintain love um, and just the spirit of survival despite what we're going through everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. is That is beautiful to me. And I, and I choose to focus on that more than anything else. So what are your, uh, you mentioned it as far as leaving a legacy, um, but what are your, do you have specific, uh, do you have specific goals uh, for yourself, for, uh, for the music, for who it reaches? Um, yeah, could, could yeah. you speak to that? Well, my music is for broken people. My music is for broken people. My music is, um, a lot gave me a gift of healing, so... My music um, gave me the gift to be able to sing and articulate another person's pain, whereas they may not be able to find the words. That is my gift, to uh, sing your pain just as deeply as you feel it. 
so that once it's almost like I'm producing a product of your pain so that you can see it and hold it and and immerse it and give it and really like present it back to your Lord and become healed from it. Like that's my gift. So I know that my, my music is for, for broken people, for broken communities. Um, and I have a, a special love in my heart for women who are broken. Um, I really want to inspire women, um, you know, who have come from broken families, who have experienced abuse, and who are just lost and don't know, they're not clear on what their purpose is. And they think that because they're a mother or because um, they were trafficked or because they were abused or divorced or made a mistake or made tons of mistakes, they feel like they're, they should be silent because of that. So I really want to reach those women more than anybody else. Do you have you uh, has that desire manifested itself into a uh, into uh, a song or a series of songs uh, as of yet? Well, I've actually created um, I created a movement an, an initiative, if you will, called Healing Songs in Beautiful Spaces. Okay. So my goal is really to travel to. It's interesting because you hear beautiful spaces, you'll think something that's, you know, elaborate like an art gallery or something like that. But beautiful spaces, to me, is anywhere where you find broken people, you, you find beauty. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for spaces where I can highlight the beauty, build on that, and then I'll create a platform. Like, I literally create a stage. Mm-hmm. I have the people come and bring... Um, bring something like a white candle, bring a book, bring something that symbolizes their role and their own healing. You're listening to a pre-recorded edition of Radio Islam. Our in-studio guest is Drea Denor, a dynamic singer-songwriter based in Buffalo, New York. We're going to take a break, but we'll be back in just a minute. Hey, America, we need to have a little talk. I don't know if you've noticed, but we got a lot of food in this country. A lot of peaches, a lot of corn, a lot of apples, a lot of everything. We've got so much food that we can't even eat it all. So if we got all this extra food, how are 17 million kids in America struggling with hunger? I just don't get it. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks gathers surplus food and gets it to the hungry kids who need it. They can get you food even if you live in Idaho or Alaska or somewhere crazy like that. This isn't complicated. We got extra food and we've got hungry kids. Feeding America's done the math. Now it's your turn. Support Feeding America in your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. I know you got internet on your phone, so what are you waiting for? We can't do it without your help. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Dave, what are you doing? Just sending a gift to Dave2037. Who? Me in the future. I save a little money from every paycheck for Dave2037 so he can buy anti-gravity boots or a hologram Doberman. What are you getting Steve2037? Steve2037 will be just fine. Okay, but don't expect to borrow my anti-gravity boots. Save something for the future. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. While cutting molding with a 12-inch dual compound miter saw. While holding a newborn baby in your arms. When face-to-face with a congregation of alligators. With the ball in your hands and the entire freaking season on the line. 
There are a million places you'd never consider texting. So why would you do it while driving? NASCAR driver Casey Kane here, asking you to please stop the text. And together, we can stop the wrecks. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Get the message at stoptextstoprex.org. Welcome back to Radio Islam. I'm your host, Tariq el You are listening to a pre-recorded edition of Radio Islam with our in-studio guest, Drea Denor. Remember, any questions or comments you might have, feel free to inbox us on our Facebook page at Radio Islam USA. All right, that's enough for me. Let's get back to our conversation. We're talking about your music, and you describe it as your goal is to heal. Yes. Right? And is there, and you particularly mentioned the idea of looking, uh, of, of, of addressing women. Yes. Uh, and making sure that uh, they're not defining themselves uh, by mistakes, by, uh, by, by shortcomings, you know, and causing that to, to, to uh, allow them to place themselves in a kind of a cocoon of silence. Right. Right. So is there a song that comes to mind? Uh, oh, for women? You, yeah, that mm. you have. Uh, that 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 speaks to that. Hmm. Coming out of the cocoon of silence. Oh <laughs> uh, wow! But you know what? What's on my heart always is it's just a song called "A Change Gonna Come" by Sam Cooke, and um, I just always think that's appropriate for like everything because um, you know we need change in so many different areas mm. of the world today. And it's really a declaration. It's a it's a song about hope, but it's also kind of like a a declaration, you know, that a change is coming. It gives you something to look forward to. So, right. Um, I don't song. know if that's that's that's, that's a great song. <laughs> what you were thinking, but it's not an original song. But no, that's, that's fine. I just sing a verse from that. Okay. I was born by the river. In a little old town, and oh, just like the river, I've been running ever since. And it's been a long, long time coming, but I know. A change gonna come. Oh, 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 oh yes, it will. Thank you. Mm. You, you. You finished? You stopped? Yes, I'm stopping. <laughs> One verse. One verse. Oh, man. I'll do the. Right, right. Yes. Okay, that's what I'm doing. Wow. SubhanAllah. Alhamdulillah. Man. A change is coming. That was amazing. Yeah, so I would um I would just like just like start tearing up, but my manliness is gonna just kick in right now. But no. Oh my God. No, but really honestly, that is one of the that is one of the uh I think one of the blessings that, that Allah gives us in the voice. Um is that it, it, it touches the heart. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it you know, wow. So I mean, yeah, absolutely. Just, um, just a wonderful, wonderful talent. Beautiful voice. 
and the, the, you feel that, that that spirit you feel a soul in it you know okay thank you so much for that uh for that song that was a that was a blessing uh, um so radio yeah. slime family for those of you who are listening right now if you were if if you haven't already seen go to my page uh, as a matter of fact it'll be on radio slime's page as well but you can go to my personal page as well Tariq uh i l m e and you will see a just a short clip of just how phenomenally uh phenomenally talented uh and, and gifted um uh, Drea is and the only thing I'm really angry about is that I did not know about you sooner so <laughs> you know well the um, world is very big so you know sure as we is. grow hopefully more people will join the movement yes inshallah inshallah so let me ask this what's 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 coming up next what's coming up next is um for 2018 I'm excited to introduce an abbreviated version of Spirit of Nina, and it's called Strings of Nina. So it'll be myself in a six-piece string section, um, all black, and it it includes a a harpist as well. And I'm extremely excited about that um, because Nina was a woman of excellence. And, of course, you know, her beginnings started with classical music. So we, we believe that she would really appreciate a performance that incorporates the strings. Um, because nobody plays the piano like Nina Simone, so I'm not even going to do that to myself or the people. <laughs> but I think it's important as an artist to interpret um, the music in your own way, but still, like, you know, keep it true to, to who she is. So um, we're going to be touring that in 2018. So, so far we have four um, shows booked, and my goal is to book 50 shows. So I'm looking for universities, um, you know, if it's like African American studies, um, women and gender departments, or Islamic um, departments, music departments, to contact me, and um, I can put you in touch with our booking agent. But um, it's a beautiful show. It's only an hour, and then um, I also have an educational workshop component. So we're we're looking to kind of put those things together and just tour that. So, um, why don't you go ahead? And just tell people where they can follow you at, uh, where they can check your music out. Yes, my name again is Drea Denor, and I can be <laughs> my son Siraj is showing you his beautiful artwork. <laughs> this is Siraj Habib. This is my fourth child out of hello, out of five. Say hello. <laughs> so um, my music is available at um, www.official. DreaDenor.com and um, I also you can follow my Nina Simone movement at SpiritOfNina.com and I don't really use Facebook as much as I do Instagram so if you connect with me on Instagram it is at Drea underscore Denor and my Nina Simone site is at the Spirit of Nina. Well, I, once again, I appreciate so much being able to, to, to spend this time with you and to, to, to talk to you and uh, hear about your vision and the work mm-hmm. you're doing. And uh, Thank you for having me. Oh, really it, it was an honor. It. <laughs> it was an honor. And we pray for your continued success. Mm-hmm. And we hope that we're looking forward to Chicago being on that list of 50. Yes. Uh, so, you know, whatever, you know, if there's anybody that, that we can talk to to try to make that happen. Then yeah, you got to connect me with the with this famous playwright I'm hearing about. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So I can't wait. Yes. yes. Absolutely. So thank you once again. And uh, travel safely back 
to you going back to Buffalo? Yeah, tomorrow we okay. leave. Yeah. All right, so travel safely. All right, Radio Islam family, we want to thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed what you heard. And if you did, tell somebody. Right? Share the podcast. Our username is Radio Islam USA, and we are on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn. Basically, anywhere you get your podcast, you will find us. So I am Tariq Alameen, I'm the host and producer for tonight's show, and our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. A big thank you to the engineers at WCEV to make sure that uh, we come through nice and clear. And uh, as always, I've got to mention the views expressed by the host and or guest are theirs and not necessarily reflect the views of Sound Vision. We thank you once again for listening, and I leave you as I greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.